Hi, I'm Leslie Carrara Rudolph. I'm Lolly Lard Pop. And I'm Abby Kid Abby. And you're listening to Sci Fi Saturday Night with the Dome. Sci Fi Saturday Night. We will begin in mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. If you're listening live in Sri Lanka, good morning. And from our virtual greenhouse and studio, deep in the underground living quarters of the Intergalactic Lobster Refinery in Poncho Plaza in Area 51, welcome to TalkCast 279 and this week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Enjoying a virtual vodka martini with a dash of artificial cholesterol and a soy olive, I'm the Lando Kardashian of Sci-Fi Saturday Night, known as The Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight, and for the first time in a while, the entire cast is here. From the Revere Time Vortex, our technical anarchist, running everything behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, and pushing people's virtual buttons whenever she can, our own girl genius, Kriana. Torturing the dwellers in my vault for your amusement. Because we can. From the stacks of her personal space in the Dank Dungeons indoor Zen garden, library, and reading room, displaying the most complete and finest pseudo-sand collection in three galaxies, our own Zombrarian. I now have sand from the desert of Maine. <laughs> that is the weird, there is no desert in Maine. First. There is, and we visited it, and it was amazing, and it was raining the whole time we were there. It's real, <laughs> it's sandy, and it's surrounded by pine trees. And it has been confirmed by actual geologists and meteorologists as a desert. You guys are huge nerds. Really? <laughs> <laughs> From yeah. a galaxy not as far as away as you might think, the woman in chainmail adoring everything Marvel to the point where she has this inexplicable crush and purrs every time you say, hey, is that Stan Lee? <laughs> that is not true. I thought you were going to say Haley Atwell. <laughs> all right, Red Age, turn the lipstick and all. Please welcome Sir Sarah Lady Knight. I'm super <laughs> jet lagged, but while I was in Poland, I did manage to buy my Haley Atwell um, photo op tickets. So happy birthday to me. Congratulations. We'll be looking forward to hearing the coos once the uh, I'll be waiting for Haley Atwell to sing you happy birthday. Yes, I'm gonna touch Haley Atwell. If if we could get video of that, I think it would be amazing. This week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night is brought to you by the guy who did the opening of our show for gosh, the past eighty or so episodes, Rob Watts. Welcome to the show, Rob. Hey, everybody. Great to be back. It's wonderful to have you back because it's kind of like the passion project is done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Is there a sense of relief at this? 
There is. I'm sure for all of us involved here, you'll probably like, oh, great, we're done with him. He's finished with this. <laughs> that wasn't quite what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a, project, a project that we started talking about three and a half, four years ago at mm. this point. Yeah, something if, like that. Yeah. Is finally completed, and it's it's wonderful and amazing and as cool as we all thought it was going to be. We're going to be talking uh, to Rob about the omnibus called The Crooked Roads Through Cedar Grove in the second half of the show and uh, the trials and tribulations of getting from then to now and what wonderful, how wonderful it came out. But first, the news. I'm amazed that's the first time we've actually hit that right. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Considering how our internet has been going this evening, it's amazing that we're even here. It's true. Because five minutes before the show was supposed to go up, we weren't here. But it's a that's miracle. Just... <laughs> it's a it's Christmas a miracle. Ah. <laughs> uh, so the question is, uh not having you know, been together as as an entire group for a while. Uh, looking at tonight's show rundown, where do we want to start? Kriana and I, first of all, have the same story. What what story is that? The only one you have up. I yeah, I forgot what I put down. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. What it was, was it? Was it good? The hot girl story. Oh yeah. I don't know. I I really have nothing to say about that. I don't know anything about hot girl. Just another dumb comic book they're probably going to make into another bad TV show. Well, they actually... You don't even know, Barry! No, you don't even know Hawkgirl, whoever her name is. Hawkgirl, uh... Actually... Oh, wait, 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 I'm going to get... Guess. Elena Sanchez. Yeah, you looked at the... You looked at the... No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Is, <laughs> is that right? I have no idea. No, it's not. <laughs> Nobody knows. No. Seriously, though, what's Hawkgirl's real name? Uh, Bob... If it's Elena Sanchez, I get a million dollars, right, everyone? Yes, that's how it works. I don't know where you're getting it from. <laughs> I, just, I get a million dollars. Well, well, that, that would assume that they used women of color in, in comic books, which they don't. So, <laughs> no. Um, um, her name is Kendra Saunders. Shira Sanders Hall? Kendra, the original. Sure. Kendra uh, Saunders was the second one. Right. She she so, appeared in 1999. Shiera was wow. in 1940. So I think she's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. So CW has been doing DC, and good for them. Uh, I'm very happy for them. Some of the stuff is really good. Other stuff yeah, because the CW uh, knows how to make TV shows that are actually catchy. Sometimes they do a really good job with it. Well, um, let's just say bravo for them doing a female superhero and not yes. being like, I don't know. Yeah, you know, they're a female that might not work. That's forgetting crazy the, talk, Marvel. Forgetting for the moment that 90% of the audience is adolescent boys who really like looking at... Female superheroes. 50% of the audience, the other 50% is women. Fight me. Well, okay. Whatever. Later. <laughs> 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 so, 
So Hawkgirl did show up briefly on the very last episode of The Flash. And based on the buzz that came out of that, and evidently there was buzz that came out of that, CW is moving towards giving Hawkgirl her own show uh, after a season on that... that uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> With Brandon Ruth as Adam, whatever. Something. Yes. And actually, there are going to be a number of women in there. Yeah. And actually, we're going to have one of the writers on the show at some point once she starts. Well, well she's probably would... a writer's assistant, but she's working but on the show. Okay. So that's okay. So she's my cool. friend. We're going to have her on. Yay! Whatever. Yeah. Seems good to me. No big deal. It's fine. Feels good. Also, yeah. I really only read this as a headline, so I didn't put it down as part of my news. But now I'm going to talk about it because we were talking about people of color. And maybe somebody can help me out here. Is it true that the next actor who's going to play Superman is Hispanic? I don't know. I I think he is. I, I doubt it. No, like, I thought it was an Onion article at first. (laughs) <laughs> I well, still think it is. But it was no, it wasn't. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is an onion article. And then I actually like looked at the source and I was like, oh hey, it's not cool. Good for them. But then I didn't read it because I don't really care that much about Spider Man. Wait, Spider Man or Superman? You said both. I meant Spider Man. Okay, no, Spider Man's a tiny white boy. Spider Man. Spider-Man. I don't know what his name is. No, we're, we're, we're going to actually have a Spider-Guy on in the next couple of weeks or so. so. Spider-Guy. Tom Spider. Holland is who was cast as Spider-Man. No, stop at Marvel website. How, how about... I'm going to just scroll up and um, he is... But aren't they doing a Gwen Stacy movie too? No, because girls what? don't sell to girls even though they do. I hope they do. Um, uh, he, he's a tiny white boy. He's British, and he's um, tiny and white, and uh, I'm sad. I'm sorry. He was in Billy Elliot. Maybe, it, a... maybe it was an Onion article that I read. Yeah, <laughs> probably. That would be so much more interesting. It would have been a so tiny much white boy. Nobody cares about tiny white boys. Well, yeah, there's that. Uh, well, also, like every single like. I don't, I don't need the same story five times. Like I've I've heard this story before. This story has come out how many movies? Five movies in the last ten years. <laughs> like it's not new anymore. Like I don't of one another. Right. I don't care if they don't do an origin story. It's literally the same story. They can't do it differently. It's like oh no, this poor nerdy white boy. But they're going to do it yet again, and I'm going to ignore it yet again, because I am so tired of rebooting a franchise because they're too lazy to get new writers and redo the script. They tell the yeah. same. Superman has told the same story four times. Spider-Man. I wouldn't know. I don't give a shit times. about Superman. Yeah, yeah, I know. I used to. Don't yeah. anymore. Yeah. Not, not, not at all. Yep. So there's that. Yep. That exists. So Clark Gregg was uh Clarky. Good old Clarky. Clark is, is begging 
for an Agent Carter crossover into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. What a treasure. Let's keep him. Let's that, keep him around. That was, like that was wonderful. I think that would be amazing just to have the flashbacks as part of the body of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It would yes. just be cool, and it needs to happen. Yes. And yes. he was with Haley Atwell uh, when he made that statement, and she just coyly looked at everybody and went, We'll see. What a treasure. So I it, love her. National treasure. It could happen. <laughs> it could so. definitely happen. Um, and I hope it does, because it would be cooler than hell. Well, a lot of things are cooler than hell. Go ahead. <laughs> well, like... Basically anything, anywhere. Anywhere that's not hell. Made, yeah. I was just making a quip. I wasn't actually doing the segue. <laughs> oh, you weren't doing you a segue. You actually going to start a list. I could. Oh, I thought of a segue, but it's horrible. I can't do it. No, you can't. I'm do, it, the- do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Does it have to do with the Titanic? Well, it has. It has to do with the Titanic, and then there's another thing. Oh. Well, now oh. you have to do it. You can't. Okay, say- so we had two. Two R.I.P.s we wanted to talk about on the show tonight. Two, two, two R.I.P.s in one. Oh, Lord. I'm a bad person. Yes, you are. Well, today you are, yes. What's cooler (laughs) than hell in Iceberg? How does that... Fair. That that is a true statement. It is a true statement. It's an absolutely 100% true statement. And why is you, that? You know who rammed his ship into an iceberg this this week? James Horner. Oh. Terrible. Oh yeah, I'm a terrible human. I know. I know. J- James Horner was for the uninitiated among us. If you don't know, you're an ass. Explain it to the audience, my uh, dear. I'm too for lazy. the asses among us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're just losing audience members left and right tonight. We had audience members? Yeah, we do. What? Not anymore, evidently. What? Crazy talk. Go ahead, Zombarian, for the uninitiated among us. Oh, no, this I was prompting Kriana. I'm really not going to do it. James Horner was... <laughs> I'm literally renaming all my dwellers right now, so... Okay, James Horner... Passed away, and I didn't have this news story, so I didn't, you know, familiarize myself with the details or anything, Kriana. Well, neither did I. Well, that's because you're unprepared. Anyway. <laughs> Bickering like an old married couple. Really? How did that happen? It's like we knit and have cats or something. Weird. Who does that? What? The- James Horner wrote the music for a bunch of movies, and it was really good music, even if the movies weren't so great, i.e. Titanic. <laughs> I've never seen that movie all the way through. <gasps> Are you the, kidding? That's that's okay. No. It was the first PG-13 movie I was allowed to see in the theater. Oh, that's cute. The Matrix was the first 3D, uh, the 3D, PG-13. Wow, jet lag. I kind of like 3D-13, though. <laughs> 3D. That works, too. <laughs> um, PG-13 movie I ever saw, and I tricked my mom into letting me watch it. That's and adorable. We told her it was, wait, no, that was rated R, right? That was the first was, R-rated yeah. movie that I've ever seen, and I tricked my mom into letting me watch it, because I didn't tell her it was rated R until, like, halfway through the movie. 
Oh, that's adorable. When, when she pretty much already figured it out for herself. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. But, Mine you know, is Breakfast Club. Aw. <laughs> so cute. I've got to tell you, I never saw Titanic at all. Yeah. Oh. You didn't. Just just not, not. Happy. You know what I did see, though? What did you see? I saw Hellboy and Hellboy 2. Yeah. And for a long time, we've all kind of been waiting for Hellboy 3. Which would bring, long? Which would be Ron Perlman and Doug Jones together again. At last. Together at last. Jesus. Get it right, Don. Ron Perlman is now screaming, it's a discussion worth having. Let's get to it. Good. So. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of amazing. Or they could if, just get Doug Jones and do an Abe Sapien movie because I would love an Abe Sapien movie. Let's I, face I'm, it. I'm 100 behind this. Things that would be awesome for 500, Alex. He played Abe Sapien. Anybody ring in? Ring in. Who is Doug <laughs> That would be amazing, and I, I would actually love to see it. Here's what I didn't like seeing this week. What's that? Siffy. Ever? They debuted a bunch of new shows. Two of them looked interesting. Was um, Stitchers one of them? Is that a Siffy show, or is that on another channel? That's on another channel. Okay, that show looked good. But I've been away forever, so I don't know what's going on in the world. Continue. Oh, hey, what was that one we were gonna watch, Kriana, with the with the imaginary friends? We should watch that. The Whispers. Yay! Yeah, I can't do that. I won't do that because it's kids, and I hate creepy children. Creepy children, shit. Why it's don't? Garbage. I Why hate do it. you I hate, hate creepy it. children? I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> don't. Why do you so hate creepy children? Do you hate creepy children laughing? <laughs> oh, that's not the right one. Crap, where did the creepy children laughing go? We lost the creepy children laughing. I lost it. Oh, wait. I found it. I found it. All is right with the world. So the one thing that I didn't see on Siffy was Dark Matter. I'm just gonna let it go. So. But the one thing that I did see was Killjoys, which was like intergalactic bounty hunters, and I was on the fence about it from the moment it started. Uh, I'm anxious to hear anybody uh, in the audience who watched it shoot me an email. But boy, uh, not good. Dear well, listeners, please do our job for us by watching shows and then telling us. Tell me if I'm wrong by saying this would have been better if it was written by 10-year-olds. This would have been better if it did not exist. I, I don't know. I mean, there's a place for it, but damn. when and That place was not television. The place was not television, exactly. It, it may have been the bargain DVD rack at this point. But, I mean, why is it that a channel that's named or that used to be named Sci-Fi is being outdone by the CW on science fiction content. 
I because think is it being done uh, by on, with science fiction content or comic book content? Because those being two done with comic book content. are not the same thing necessarily. In well, this and would you count post-apocalyptic as sci-fi, or is that a genre in and of itself? No, it's it's well, it's, it depends whether or not there's technology that we do not possess. Um, or lost technology because like because like Z Nation. Uh-huh. Is is zombies but not necessarily science fiction because it does not there's nothing in there there's no technology there's nothing speculative in there except for zombies. Right. And a straight up dystopia is even even less genre because you know like Well, it's wa- less sci-fi. Less sci-fi. It it depends on the dystopia because Blade Runner is pure dystopia and clean sci-fi. You know, so that's that's also right. That's what I'm saying. So it depends on the content. Also, go back to the whole (laughs) Siffy is being outdone thing that Dome was talking about. I'm going to disagree because I feel like what has happened is Siffy has embraced their their cultural position as a producer of campy sci-fi, and that is not always a bad thing. Like, people have always enjoyed campy stuff as long as it's self-aware campy stuff. Okay, but, but do you self-aware think that campy Tiffin stuff is... is, like, doing too much of that and not, like... It, I don't know. I don't know how to say what they're still yeah. doing. Here's the thing, though. They're still yeah. doing Haven... They're still doing, um, oh shoot, what was the other really good one that they had on? I don't know, they have, they have shows that are good. That Do have, they? <laughs> that either just ended or haven't ended yet. Just ended for the season or like ended ended? Like ended ended. Ended ended. And but I guess like, the problem is, you know, don't call yourself cotton candy if you're not going to have cotton candy. And don't call yourself sci-fi or siffy if you're not going to do the expectation. And the expectation is not everything Sharknado. Well, here's the thing, though. Dome, you liked Helix. I liked I Helix. Did. Yeah, you guys liked Helix. That was a sci-fi show. Right. People really enjoy 12 Monkeys. I haven't seen it yet, but that's a sci-fi show, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So they still do clean, not clean sci-fi necessarily, but they still do serious stuff. It just gets overwhelmed by the campy stuff. It gets, you know, out-newsed by Sharknado. Well, not just out-newsed, but I mean... It's hard to find the stuff on the channel because it's becoming a smaller and smaller percentage every season. And they still have fucking wrestling on, too. Ew. That's story. And that's a whole other story. Fuck wrestling. It's the worst. Well, yeah, it's worst. even less likely to be real than, you know, Sharknado. <laughs> <laughs> True, true fact. Sharknado had less that was fake in it than wrestling, and I'm counting Tara Reid's boobs. 
<laughs> wow. Oh my god, I went there. You did. It was beautiful. Thanks. Just like you, honey. Aww. So nice. God, it's like we should get married or something. Really? Oh, what? I thought you were talking to Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, run away with me. Okay. Awesome. So I thought, Only I if I can really... run away with both of you. You can! Yay! Just make sure it's not on a taping night, but other than that, absolutely. <laughs> sure. So I found an interesting Kickstarter this week. <laughs> Did you? I did. Tell me more, Dome. Please. Uh, oh, God, please. Tell me more. <laughs> I, please, because it would be wonderful if I did. No, I don't want to hear about it. Okay, good. Then don't listen. Not a problem. The Sunday comics used to be a thing. Oh, Jesus Christ. Back in my oh. day. So a bunch of comic artists who are... Uh, independent artists who are webcomic artists decided to put a Kickstarter together and the reward is the Sunday comics. All the comics of all these people printed out like a Sunday newspaper comic. Because which I that's clearly what everyone wants in their lives. I don't know that anybody wants it. <coughs> Super old. Except I do know that it's being funded after only uh, seven or eight days. Hmm. So all things considered, evidently, it's unique enough and smart enough to take the new comics, put them into the old format. That's never go, been done before. No one has released anything on records in the past 20 years. On vinyl? No, that's a dead thought. Who would do that? I mean, if you really want to be original, just do it on Betamax. I think if you want to be original... Uh, kind of chip it into the side of a cave wall. That would be original. But in lieu of that, because that's difficult to send as part of a Kickstarter reward, bad idea. Um, it's kind of interesting. I'm going to leave the link for you. Check it out if you feel like uh, taking, you know, taking a look at it. Uh, Danielle Corsetto, who's been on our show, yeah, girl. Uh, is one of the contributors to it. So there's How that. How did to get funded that fast? Did they like get Bill Waterston or something? I have no idea. But it was fun. I I don't know if they're funded right now or very close to it. But they've only been out for uh, about a no. No. They're at three thousand out of seventy-five thousand. Oh well, then they're not, not even not even close. <laughs> 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 wow! Like, you can't not even tell a me these bit. things and confuse me. So help them get closer, kids. So I math, eh? Yeah, math. It makes a body good. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> math. It can make you real. seem smart. Some something. So the Inkwell Awards were last weekend. So tell me more. Well, I, I'm not. I could go through the list, but I'm not going to. Hi, Bob. Because, <laughs> because uh, it's a really inclusive list of some of the best inkers uh, in the country and around the world today. And it would be an injustice. Some of the best inkers, the best inkers. Well, as, as the person. Except for the who, ones who've already gotten the award. Right, there you go. Yeah. So you have to kind of do that. 
But I did want to mention uh, one award in particular, the Joe Sinnott Hall of Fame Award. This year went to... Yeah, uh, Sinod. He could be listening. He's still alive, I think. I met yeah, him. Yes. No, yeah, we did meet him. It <laughs> would be really awkward if I said he wasn't alive then, eh? Yeah, that would have been very... I, I, I feel Bob convulsing at me right now. <laughs> Sorry! He's going to get such a nasty I know, email. he's going to be mad at me. Sorry! Oh, no. The, the winners this year were Joe Kubert and, and Steve Ditko. Wait, 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 wait. Joe Kubert wasn't in there already? No, which kind of surprised what? the hell out of me. Did he just become... He must have just become eligible this year. No. I because you have to have been, like, dead for so long. No, that's not true. You have to have been, like, started in such and such a year to be in there. Well, Joe started with uh, inking Sergeant Rock from the 50s. Okay, well, then he was probably eligible before. What the hell, ink people? He should have been He should have been in long, long, long ago. I mean, I love you, ink people. JK. JK. <laughs> You're cool. Did I vote? I don't remember if I voted. I may have. <laughs> Joe Kubert's uh, grandson uh, spoke for the estate and accepted the award. Uh, Craig Yo accepted for Steve Ditko, who couldn't make the event. Uh, but, you know, there, there are two, two great artists and inkers who really check them out because amazing stuff. And we'll provide the link to the Equal Award winners for you guys. Equalawards.com, managed by your favorite webmistress. <laughs> and hopefully uh, we'll talk to, uh, to the guy who runs the Equal Awards. What's, What's his, his name? name? Bob Allman. <laughs> I don't remember that guy. Your favorite <laughs> nut. <laughs> it's the Bob Allman. And we'll see if we can get some of these people on the show because they're cool. Cooler than you. Definitely. I mean, like, cool, cooler than the proverbial you, like the listener. Are they cooler Based. than Helldome? Evidently, they are. <laughs> because virtually anything is cooler than Hell. I'm glad we've and learned that lesson. <laughs> find ourselves at the halfway point in the show. Wait, wait. wait. No? Wait, 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 one more news story. One more news story. One more news story. Dude. Dude. Um, so. I guess it's the one, too. <laughs> it's the only one that I have. I was in Poland for, like, two weeks. I don't know anything that's going on in the world. But I do know. Poland is definitely not in the world. It's not in the world. Um, so, sadly, as, I don't know if you discuss, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um, Kelly Sue DeConnick is leaving Captain Marvel, which is really sad because I love her. But what's Captain Marvel? It's like a comic book. I don't know. Girls don't read comics. I, I certainly don't. No. My vagina hurts when I try. <laughs> <laughs> My lady oh, brain can't stop. Oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> took thirty six minutes this time. <laughs> However, uh, what to say, vagina? To come out of that, should I say pee pee? Oh my god, Teddy, let me finish my fucking story. Sorry. Wait, what came out of a vagina? <laughs> I, <laughs> I hate you guys so much. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. Run away with me. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
My new story. The Agent Carter showrunners are taking over the Captain Marvel comic book. Which, which is, is kind awesome. Of also, um, I have to really quickly pause and say that I just found something really weird on my arm. And I looked down and it was just my cat licking my arm. <laughs> she, she got her paws up on my chair and just started licking my arm. Mia, what the fuck? <laughs> Somebody missed you for the past two weeks. She did. But yes, yeah, so it's sad that Kelly Zutaconic is leaving Captain Marvel, but we're replacing her with two awesome ladies. So you know what? I'm okay with it. Yay! Yay! Woot woot! Also, there's a shout out to Sci-Fi and Orange is the New Black. Also, yes. now we have a guest. What? I know. Well, yes. we, Shocking. Yeah, I know. Well, we, we've done too many shows with no guests or two or three. We only have one. His name is Rob Watts, and if you haven't heard about him before, you haven't been listening to the goddamn show. Rob, welcome back. Great to be back, guys. How are you all doing? You are so lying right now. <laughs> He's like, oh my god, these assholes. Yeah, it's oh, like, I remember these guys. God, why did I agree to do this again? Hide behind my couch whenever I hear the doorbell ring. Right? Exactly. That's what I do. I'm going to fire his agent. <laughs> Yep. yep. Seriously. So about four or five years ago, maybe maybe four years ago at this weird Four, little... six, ten years ago. Dome's lost count since the Triassic era. I know. So. I know. What That's... about math? Thank you. <laughs> Does that make your vagina hurt too? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Me too. I, don't I was understand. at some little, little conference when I stumbled across... Rob and a bunch of other guys called in, at that point, part of the New England Horror Writers Association. And I was just kind of looking at all the stuff hanging around. He was and scoping he, them out. Creepily. Them out because it was the only thing of any interest to me at that little convention. Dome was creeping on the horror writers. I remember saying, who is that guy and why is he staring at us from across His the room? shiny head is just... Well, it was either that or the belly dancer with the snake. With the snake. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, Dome is not was, creepily making that up. That, that was, was actually a thing. There. It was and actually I, a thing. Uh, yeah. Boy, was it. Oh that my really God. was the most exciting thing of that con. It kind of uh, was. Did you put air quotes around exciting just then? We all did, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> just making sure. I'm in the loop here. And... And Rob and I got to talking about a project of his that he had just actually begun the first part of, which was a, a novella called Hold the Folk. Mm -hmm. And as you explained to me at that point, that book was the beginning of... Uh, it's the beginning of the end. A really <laughs> long project for you. <laughs> I think yeah. it took longer than you ever thought, too. It really wasn't. It would probably bore your audience to tears if I tried to explain it all. <laughs> but oh, I uh, doubt it. What it, audience? What audience? Oh, that's first right. Of all. Yeah, they they bailed out after the Sharknado discussion. Yeah, so. and then I said vagina. So <laughs> yes, more than one. <laughs> more so than many three. Times. More than three times at this point. Pretty much. It's like Beetlejuice if you say it too many times. Should, should I say penis to even it out? No, thank nah. you. I mean, who cares about those? Yeah. What? Totally good without I could. that. 
just saying. In any case, back to the interview. <laughs> the future? <laughs> We're really hyper. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> hey, I had that's candy. All right. It might be more exciting. So. I had candy. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. I'm an Aaron Carter song. Oh, God. oh my God. <laughs> wow, you're totally, totally not all there tonight. Tonight? You're, yeah, pretty much every night. Anyway, continue. So that book was the first. First of all, you explained to me that this is a multimedia book mm-hmm. that somebody had done a CD at the back of the book to go along with the book that you had written. It turned out that somebody was also you. Yes. And uh, that's, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the traffic lights CD. Right. Yep. Right. Which was Icelandic trance music and actually pretty cool. Because somebody is a ridiculously talented individual who also did our opening theme. Just saying. Just saying. I will let you just say that. <laughs> Thanks, because we really appreciate it every time we play it. And then we we went on to talk about the whole project, which included a series of novellas into a hardcover book with a companion three, four, five CD music set to go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it, and it's interesting because... You know, after we had had that discussion and, you know, we came on the show a few times after that, you know, my biggest fear was, you know, oh, my God, what if something happens that prevents me from actually finishing this project? Because it's just, you know, it's going to be my the nightmare of my life if, if I can't actually see this through. And so, like you were saying at the beginning of the show, like the the sense of relief that I had when I actually finished this project with you know, the music and the book and everything all together, I had no idea of the pressure I put on myself, you know, when I set out to do this. And, you know, the, the, the last six months or so, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I haven't uh, talked to any of my friends. <laughs> I haven't... Uh, you know, really haven't done anything other than working on this project. So it, it, it was try planning just, a wedding. Well, <laughs> just just saying, friends. Who has time for that yeah. bullshit? Yeah, who, who needs this book that? was Come Rob's on. wedding, I think. Basically, it, yeah. I think it was, and now I'm divorcing myself from it too at the same time. <laughs> so. But the the worst problem is this wasn't the only thing you were working on during this period. You put out a couple of children's books, didn't you? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I put out a couple of children's books over the last couple of years and, you know, went and did appearances at some children-themed conventions in addition to, you know, all the regular conventions going on. So, yeah, there's a lot of time devoted to other stuff. So th- this was really, you know, a-, a real test of my organization skills in, in trying to just budget the right amount of time to get all of this done because the goal was I wanted it done this summer like I I, I didn't want to hear the word Cedar Grove or anything <laughs> you know be, beyond this year so um, that's why I was really just putting the hustle on to get this done and you get it done properly but at the same time I mean I, I was just so relieved to finally have 
the physical product in my hands and ready to go. And, you know, I look at it as a, as a pretty decent accomplishment on my part, be, you know, being able to tell people, yep, there's going to be this many books, they're all going to come with soundtracks, and at the end it's all going to be compiled and, and released in, in the full-scale um, novel and everything. And I was able to do that, so I'm happy. So the final book is called The Crooked Roads Through Cedar Grove, mm -hmm. and Cedar Grove is the kind of uh, focal point where all the stories – Mm -hmm. exist or work through or work around yeah yeah it's you know based on neighborhood i grew up in around boston so i use some key elements in in within the town um the local cemetery some local businesses that actually don't exist today but i i named a lot of the businesses that were around when i was a kid growing up um, but you know, it's a really beautiful little community, but it really bears no resemblance to how I wrote it in the novel because everybody's creepy and, you know, sketchy and they're degenerates and, <laughs> and what have you. Um, and then in the novel, the book, so I kept it all within that universe of Cedar Grove with all, all the characters and everything. With, with taking a right turn to Iceland for one of the stories, mm -hmm. uh, taking a right turn uh, through the downtown area for another story, uh, exploring the riverbanks and the rest of it for another one. How many uh, books does this omnibus include now? Um, it's the well, it's pretty much the the, the first three. And then I'd say about 50% of it is all newly written material that um, that I needed just to tie everything together and some more backstories that kind of answered questions in the previous releases. Um, and it's funny, you know, we talked about Hold the Folk, which was the first book that I put out around the time I met you guys. And, and that's the one that had all the Icelandic themes and everything. And when I was sitting down writing this, you know, compiling everything and trying to tie everything together and make sense of everything. I had to completely eliminate the Icelandic elements from that first novella because in reading it over and over, I'm like, how the hell does Iceland tie into the story at this point? <laughs> because it was something I started five years back and it seemed like, you know, a good idea at the time that it would all work out. And then I'm like, no, 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 I, I got to get this couple out of Iceland and keep them <laughs> strictly in Cedar Grove. So that story, you know, congratulations to anybody that actually has the Hold of Folk novella because it's out of print now. And that pretty much is its own standalone story at this point because it, the most of it had to be rewritten for the benefit of this novel. Um, the, the paranormal elements and everything are still there. There's still like a kind of a asshole millennium, you know, millennial couple. Of course, <laughs> the, yeah. Yeah, that, you have that to have was the, in the story. That was right? the basic of the story. That was it right there. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, that's really all I need is my launch pad. Go with that couple and then, you know, write the story. Which was kind of my next question. 
uh, in that you needed bridge material, uh, bridge mm -hmm. material, and and film material between each of the stories, so that there was a a flow and a cohesion to it. But I was wondering how much those three original books changed through the course of that, and I would imagine that the last one changed the least. Uh, yeah, you, you're correct. That and <laughs> crab apples pretty much remain the same with the you know the exception of a lot of the, the bridging of the gaps and everything um some of it i had written at the time when those novellas came out with the intention of using it for this but a lot of it was new material rewritten as well um yeah hold the folk obviously changed an enormous amount um but Really, as I was putting this all together, I said to myself, I, the character of Kathleen from Crab Apples really is my focal point, you know, with her, right. her story and everything. And I really wanted to kind of branch outward from her um, because I felt that was really uh, just a really strong story. Um, I, you know, I had great feedback from that, that novella, Crab Apples, when that came out. And I figured, okay, well, you know, I, I, I feel the same way as the people that are kind of commenting on the book. And I wanted to use the whole Kathleen in the bullying issue and, and then the, the kind of uh, characters that she encountered throughout the story, some good, some bad. Uh, when you read the book, you kind of, you know, you think someone might be one way, but then it's revealed that they're not quite what you thought toward the end in, in, in a pretty dark way too um but yeah that that and left hand path those pretty much stayed relatively close to the original releases and you know i just kind of made things a little bit darker and a little bit more twisted and and somehow it all worked <clears throat> so it's essentially the three novellas the three cds of music Mm -hmm. and bridge and source material in between. Mm -hmm. And now you take a deep breath. <laughs> I do. I'm off the blood pressure meds. You know, it's great. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. You know. So what are you doing to relax now? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I'm just kind of like looking at my calendar going, okay, I'm not doing as many conventions or, you know, stuff to promote the book the way I used to because... I I don't know. It was like a banshee at one point. It, it, every single con that was happening every other weekend, I was there. So I'm not going to do that because I'd rather start working on something else and have that done a little bit sooner. You know, I'm not setting out to do another four-year project like this. You know, I'm, I'll be happy doing a few little short stories. You know, on Kindle, um, <laughs> so I can kind of <laughs> use my time toward other stuff, being productive. Have you continued with your music? Yep, I have. And actually, the the um, soundtrack that was included with this new novel, Crooked Roads to Cedar Grove, um, it, it's it comes with the hardcover, the you know the physical copy. It's also out there in the digital world, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, all that stuff. And I've been getting some pretty good feedback from that right now in fact I, I just opened an email the other day with someone saying i found your 
soundtrack album on Spotify, and now I want to buy the book to see how the songs complement the story. Like, nice. I, never, I never heard of something like that, and I want to see like you know how your mind works, you know, with the music and the story. So that felt really cool, you know, that somebody you know would would tell me that, and that people are stumbling on the book by way of just stumbling on the soundtrack out there. So that, you know, that was a worthwhile effort, I think. So, and I'll probably start working on some new music, just standalone projects, you know, nothing connected to a book or, you know, any particular story, just something strictly for me to put out there. That's well, the last thing, actually. That, that, that answers your question right there. That's actually stuff I find relaxing. There you go. So, yeah, so. You know, because I know there was a point in time between the end of the, the, the production of the third book, uh, not Crab Apples, the, the, the other one. Left Hand Path, yeah. Left Hand Path, mm -hmm. and, and putting the omnibus together, where you really just were just feeling like the music was just beating you down. You know, that, uh, that on top of everything else, you had to do that, too, and it was... A little bit. Uh, you know, I'm always guilty of putting my own hurdles in front of me, it, it seems, and everything I do. And, and there was. I was really, like, ripping the hair out of my head saying, who does this? Why, why am I adding this to my stress level? You know, I could just write the book and put the book out like everybody else does. And, you know, I won't be working on three hours of sleep, you know, every day but you know like i said in the end it, it really was worth it because it's just yet one more piece of artistry whatever they can present with the book and you know it's something i'm proud of and and you know in the end i i do enjoy doing it you know sometimes i just take it to extremes you know in my own weird way where i'm such a perfectionist and a workaholic and and I drive myself crazy, but once it's all done and it comes together, that that really is satisfying. And, and it's really horrible what a perfectionist you are, too. I mean, it serves no purpose whatsoever other than the omnibus, the Crooked Roads through Cedar Grove, which is an amazing book, a book that I've enjoyed in its separate parts, and I really enjoyed the omnibus as well. The music... Uh, you know, we've had this discussion a couple of times. Each one is very different. Each one is just amazing. Well, thank you. And, thank you. and it's something that I have been looking forward to since I started listening to the first book. Because mm -hmm. I listened to the music before I, heard, I read it, and I just kind of went, how the hell is this a soundtrack to a horror book? <laughs> and then I started reading it, and I figured it out. And well, that's good to know. Yeah, it was it was wonderful, and I I am personally and professionally just pleased to see how your 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 stick to itiveness and professionalism has forced this wonderful wonderful end project. Oh, thank you. That means a lot coming from you, and I appreciate that definitely. And. And now it's time to start a new torturous project you know, <laughs> that I can bring to you guys. <laughs> well, I, I have a couple coming up that I'd like to talk to you about at some point. Sure. Like, you know, somebody needs a new theme for their show. This one's been around for a couple of years. Yeah, that's collecting cobwebs at this point. We, <laughs> we need to, you know. 
let's see what we can do about that. Talk about but, an upgrade, definitely. But you know, Rob, I mean, you've been a really, really good friend to the show for the past four years, and and during that time, you've produced some really wonderful work that we've been proud to show uh, the Cyberverse, and hopefully help bring it out. <coughs> Dome, you can't use the word cyber anymore. I can't. <laughs> no. No. Bitch. What we will officially retire that word after yeah. this evening. To, to, yeah. Okay. Can we officially retire the word vagina? No. <sighs> What's wrong with you? Tonight's show brought to you by... <laughs> v! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the letter V! <laughs> Rob, you're welcome here anytime. Uh, Thank we you. love having you here. Uh, we love your books. We love your music. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. And thanks for having me. Fiona, what's happening on the show for the next couple of weeks? Um, stuff, I'm sure. But this says that uh, next week, Peter and Didar will talk about... Okay, I'm not doing this one. I don't do spiders. I, <laughs> I'm not showing up next week. Do not expect me. Actually, I'll probably forget <laughs> by next week, but expect me to freak out. Um, on the 11th, Alex Simmons, writer for DC Comics and Archie, Archie Comics, which is not DC, apparently, stops no, by. No, it's Archie Comics. Okay, who knew? Not me. On the 18th, Noel McNeil, puppeteer of Bear from Bear in the Big Blue House, and also various characters from Eureka's Castle. Eureka, he was he Oh, was he was Eureka. Eureka. Okay, how was yeah, I supposed to know? It doesn't say that here. And on the 25th, Jesse and Margaret, Margaret Lundberg are going to introduce us to Harold the Happy Human Eater. You know what I say? It's not a good show until there's cannibals. That's right. Ah, <laughs> uh, Sir Sarah. Yes. So, Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic Con, Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic Con, booksandbooze.com, and comicarthouse.com. Visit comicarthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves on lawrencemademecry.com. Tonight's intro music was provided by Rob Watts. I don't know who that is. This random guy. He's fired. weirdo, apparently. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Find more of his creations on robwattsonline.com. Dome? You know, it's odd, but I want to thank Rob Watts for some apparent reason. Oh, yeah, he was on the show. <laughs> Rob, thank you so much. As I said, you're welcome here anytime. Thank you, cast. It's very nice to have you all back together again from the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Priyana, and the woman of words, Zombrarian. Thank you so much, ladies. i just like to say for the record that I have the most beautiful wife. Nope. Yep. Nope, it's me. No, I win. No, I win. No, I win. I win! No, I win! I win! I win! Your own personal galaxy quest? Then, just back from Poland for no apparent reason. Sir Sarah, thank you so much. I'm gonna go pass out now. This is Dome saying, Terry and Jeannie, shared pain is lesson, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. I know.